Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process, to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being human. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. Hey everyone, welcome back to another The Real Story podcast. By the time you hear this, I will be on the first part of an epic road trip that spans from October 9th to the 24th. The first part is going to be a family excursion with my daughter, my husband, and myself where we are driving to Niagara Falls. We are going on to Burlington, Vermont, because I have always wanted to see the leaves in Vermont in the fall. And then Alex and Sophie are going to drop me. We're going to kind of backtrack and drop me with a friend who also happens to be traveling at the same time. And we are going to do Hudson River Valley, Ithaca, and then stay at this amazing lake house outside of Syracuse, about an hour outside of Syracuse, about 40 minutes outside of uh, Rochester. It is the name of a lake that I cannot pronounce and <laughs> need to learn how to pronounce. Canon, Canon Duga, Canon Daiga. Um, looks amazing. It's going to be lots of sitting by fires, reading, writing, sipping wine, sipping coffee, yoga, hikes, and really trying to calm my nervous system. From there, I'm catching a ride with another friend and driving outside of Providence to attend the Long Roads Writers Retreat with a few thriller writers uh, hosted by the incredible Vanessa Lilly. And I cannot wait to just be among other writers and creatives to sit in a hot tub, do some tarot, some tea, some walks, and just allow my nervous system to completely calm. I talk a lot about my nervous system on this show, and I think all of our nervous systems are just absolutely wrecked, not even from anything in particular. It is truly daily life. And part of my quest on this road trip and my quest lately has been all in an effort to become super conscious. What is super conscious? What does that even mean? So A while ago, a couple years ago, actually, I was reading a book um, from a 1920s metaphysicist named Florence Shivel Shin, and she coined this term, superconscious, back in, you know, the 1920s when that kind of terminology was just not, it was not really talked about. Of course, there's the unconscious, the conscious, the subconscious, but this idea of being super conscious really took hold for me. And I realized, you know, as I took the summer off and tried to rest and reset, I realized that none of us ever truly get to fully disconnect, reset, repair, and rest because we are always hyper-connected. 
even if you go off grid, you still have to book a place <laughs> using your phone or computer. You most likely use your directions to navigate. We are always plugged in in some capacity. If you're banking, if you're sending emails or confirmations, you're you're always, always, always connected to some sort of technology. And anytime we are connected to one thing or pouring our attention into one thing, we are not truly conscious of the moment and what's going on around us. And lately, you know, I started work back up on September 1st. Already within a month, I am near burnout again and have really realized that I cannot continue to sustain this type of pace and work being such a tiny, tiny shop um, in terms of our business with the high, high demands that it takes to to work with clients and to work on their books. It's something I love so much, but it is you put yourself in a constant state of of giving and pushing and extracting from other people and there's so little time left for you, for your own creative energy. I just landed three book deals in three months and I'm going to give myself a little clap because I don't ever celebrate that. But over the summer when I decided, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take time off and I'm going to put stock in my own creative energy and my own creative work. And then boom, these book deals happen, which was truly, truly incredible. But still, I have reverted to the same behavior of putting other work first and, you know, like, oh, I'll get to my stuff later when I actually have real deadlines. And I've said it over and over again, when I clear the decks and can just work on my writing. I am a better mom. I'm a better friend. I'm a better wife. I just realize that there's no stress related to my own work in the same ways there are with, you know, working on other clients' work. So one of the things I'm going to do on this trip is really try to open myself up to making monies in new ways. And I want to become very clear about what is possible and about what I really want. But it's so hard to do that when you are constantly pulled in a million different directions. So about half a year ago, as as this, you know, super conscious terminology kept popping up and kept popping up, I sat down And I was like, I'm going to write a nonfiction book proposal for myself about this term. I just love this term of being super conscious, this idea of being super conscious when we are more connected than we ever have been before. And yet we are so, so on autopilot. Everything that we do is fragmented. Everything that we do. I've said it on this podcast before, but there was a recent study that we reach for our phones 2,616 times per day. I mean, let that sink in. Why would we reach for anything that many times per day? That's not the computer. That's not the TV. That's not anything else. So when we do have free time, that is what we are filling it with. All of us, all of us are in the same boat together. So when I sat down to write this, you know, I coined this book Super Conscious (laughs) with the subtitle of How to Wake Up, Stop Wasting Time, and Consciously Connect Before It's Too Late. We are all so 
obsessed with this idea of connection and that we have to be connected and that if not, we're going to miss out on something and that, you know, we have to do it digitally and we have to be involved and show what we're doing at any time of morning, noon, or night. And it all becomes so much to keep up with that it pulls us away from our own value, our own ideas, (laughs) our own feelings and emotions because we're so busy paying attention to everybody else's. And I've realized like, what what model am I setting for my daughter if I'm not putting myself first in that way and not always in responsive mode and not always in reactive mode? And it's this insane pattern that is so hard to stop because we are all doing it. We are all victims to tech. We are all creatures of habit. And it's really hard to wake up and to realize what we're doing without any of us even noticing. So when I was thinking about breaking this book down and how I wanted to arrange it, I wanted to start with the unconscious. And for me, that's the shit we borrow without even questioning it. So things like just being so exhausted and living life the way that other people tell us to. And our own version of, you know, not our own version, but what we're taught about success and what we're taught about money and what we're taught about romantic relationships and love and how we outsource so much of this stuff and borrow so many ideas about what we need to be happy. And most of it is all a lie, all of it. And then we examine the conscious. And this is the shit we do without even questioning it. Like the other day, I was in a health market here in Nashville called Turnip Truck. And I was going down the like wellness aisle and realized like how susceptible I used to be to buying supplements or buying things like, ooh, well, chlorella, I do that. It says that I, you know, it's going to help me do X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to buy bone broth and I'm going to do this. And I just was walking kind of amazed at how much money (laughs) I've spent in my life because I believed a product was going to make me feel better. And so all of this stuff that we do, from the things that we buy to how we work, quote unquote, hard, you got to work hard, um, how we all follow the herd without even realizing it, how we all chase validation to be adored, especially today. If you're not posting about it and if people aren't liking it and you're not showing your best life, then it didn't happen, right? Like we just went camping off the grid for a couple of days. I took like two pictures and that trip is so ingrained in my head because I was present. I did not have my phone. I wasn't reaching for it. I was remembering because I was present and in the moment. And so really moving from the unconscious to the conscious, then we have the subconscious, the shit we believe without even questioning it. Now, this one is huge. I mean, I think the subconscious holds so many keys for us, um, like both good and bad. But what we are taught about our genders, what we're taught about you know, what it means to be women, what it means to be men. You know, everyone's like so busy and the busier you are, like the better it is. How we follow rules, either 
again, just subcon like these subconscious rules that we make up for ourselves in all aspects of our lives, how we continue to seek gratification and what exists in the subconscious, you know, you can want to manifest, you can want to be happy, you can want to do all of these things, but if you have not worked through those subconscious beliefs, you will not break through to the other side. So all of that leads the unconscious, the conscious, the subconscious to this idea of becoming superconscious. Now, who the fuck am I to write a book like this, right? Like at the very top of this book proposal, I literally ha- literally have a little asterisk by my name that says Rhea Fry NAT NCR, and it means not a therapist, no certifications required. I think in our culture, it's it's standard and understood that we only look to medical professionals or therapists or wellness experts or you know, celebrities to be able to tell us or to talk about these sorts of concepts. And it's like, you know, I I have spent my whole life in service to others, listening to others, 15 years as a personal trainer on all sides of the coin when most people just wanted to talk to someone and wanted to work through their problems. I was a nutritionist, a weight management consultant, then moving on into a coach and you know, now what I do as a as a book doula, coach, consultant, editor, ghostwriter, I am always carrying other people's stories and, and being in that role. And I think all of us are qualified to have an opinion about ways that we can be better, but right now, instantly. There's no, you know, special formula. And again, going back to this book and the idea of being super conscious. It's really the good stuff that no one can take away from us because it comes from us. And becoming super conscious is literally just deciding in this moment to pay attention. That's it. To be fully present. And that that term present, presence, just be present is so overused, I realize. But it is the hardest thing to do in this day and age. The hardest thing to do When is the last time you felt truly present? When is the last time you really understood your own value when you had a whole day (laughs) of doing absolutely nothing, totally disconnected from your technology, not being reached by anyone, not feeling the need to post anything, not feeling the need to get back to anyone when you just spent time with you? That's it just you. And for most of us, it probably hasn't been super recently. And I am so interested in why that is and why living the way that we used to is becoming harder and harder to achieve. Again, we when we went on this camping trip with my daughter's school, it was so amazing. You know, all these parents and the kids just ran wild. And it was like a true village mentality where the kids were making the fire and running around and all of the adults were helping with food as were the kids and setting up camps and all the, you know, families were just helping each other like, okay, you're going to take this group of kids to hike and we're going to take this group of kids here. 
And it was such a reminder of the way that our ancestors used to live. I mean, obviously not in tents <laughs> or anything like that, but just how good it felt to have a community like that around and how great it was to leave, you know, my phone stayed in the car the whole time. Again, I took two pictures um, and that was just to even see what time it was. I grabbed my phone, looked at what time it was, and that was it. And to allow your nervous system and circadian rhythm to exist with the sun. So to get up when it is light outside and when it is nighttime to stare into a fire and then allow your body to just naturally relax. And I know in the depths of my being that that is how we as humans are supposed to live. We are not supposed to watch commercials and be constantly influenced and sold to on every device that we are on. I am not alone when, you know, you can talk about something and then you pick up your phone and there's an ad for it there. That is not how we as human beings are supposed to live, period. So why do we do it? Why do we keep plugging into all of this shit? Why don't we get back to the way we are supposed to be, how we're supposed to live, get in touch with how we really feel and what we really need and paying attention to the moon and the sun and nature. You know, the other night we, you know, we've really been making an effort to not watch TV, which has been amazing. And so the other night we had this, um, this huge telescope and we rarely use it because we just don't. It actually had dust on it and we had this giant backyard and the other night, it was a clear night, This the stars were out, and I'd had like just a hellish day of client work and calls and was exhausted. But we made a fire out back by our little tiny homes, and Sophie was, you know, jumping on the trampoline, and I brought the telescope out and angled it toward the moon. And it was like literally staring at that moon. It was so fake Sophie was screaming. She was like, it's made of clay. It's not real. Because you could see every little crater. And it it literally did look fake. It was so incredible. And so then I was kind of, you know, there's a super bright star. And I was like, that has to be a planet. It was freaking Saturn. And got to see Saturn and the rings, which Sophie has learned are not actual rings. They're, I guess, former asteroids. I was like, wait, what? We need to fact check that. But let's go look at it in an encyclopedia. And don't ask Google. <laughs> and just the excitement of staring into the sky and looking at this tapestry of knowledge and um, just amazing nature that we have at our fingertips. And we are so conditioned to get further and further away from that as we accumulate more and more stuff, as we try to fill more and more voids, as we get further away from what we feel, how we think, what we want, what we intrinsically know. And that all starts with being super conscious, with paying attention to how you feel in this very moment and start to do that more and more and more and more. And so it is something that I'm really, really interested in. So I wrote this proposal. I sent it actually to an editor that I know and was like, hey, you know, if you like this, my agent will, you know, hop in. She loved it. <laughs> but get this, people. Okay, so I am the author of Power Vegan, 
um, which was published by Agate Surrey in 2013. Detox Before You're Expecting, which is all about like, you know, kind of like whole a whole foods detox. Uh, Living the Mediterranean Diet, um, The Cheat Sheet, and then my four fiction books. You know, I have a business. I have this podcast. Just got three book deals. And this editor tells me that my platform is not strong enough. <laughs> and I literally started laughing because... It's so ridiculous that, and the reason she said, she was like, it's not all about numbers, but you're, you're not talking about these things. You're not, you know, in the wellness industry anymore. And I, I I just kind of was like, huh, okay. We talk about these things on this podcast all the time. In fact, whenever I'm interviewed or getting conversations with anyone, I love talking about how we live and how we need to get back to being human period. It's the type of book that I like to read. It's the type of content that I discuss in the morning with my husband. And it just was such a reminder of how so many authors who want to be published and so many of us who have so many things to say can't cross that barrier because, oh, you don't have enough followers. I'm sorry. Oh, you're not talking about the right things two years in advance. Like it, it's very frustrating And I know because my clients go through it literally all of the time, but you don't need a publisher to validate you to put your work out there. And I have decided that, you know, my agent read, ended up reading the proposal, loved it, and it is out on submission right now with like a bunch of editors. She actually compiled a list of 33 editors, and I love that number so much. And I really feel that if it is supposed to be out there in a traditional capacity, it will. If it won't, I'm going to publish it under Right Way Publishing and get it out there myself. And one of the things I've realized too with being an author is the pressure around the launch. There is never a time when you feel like more, <laughs> just more pressure to show up, to perform, to sell, to do all of these things. And it's often a flurry of events. It's a flurry of activity. It's you're really disappointed in sales or your book does great or it doesn't sell enough or you hit a list. And it's just so insane and frenetic. And I want to create an environment where this just feels like a natural extension of what I'm already doing and already talking about. And I've had trouble in the past straddling the line between being a nonfiction author and being a novelist. And I love writing fiction, but there has been a really big part of me that has missed telling my own stories, talking about the really hard things from parenthood to sex, to how we live, to trauma, to just all of it, because we are all in the same boat. And so I'm reaching this point where I want to be really open to see what drops in, what is possible, what I can do as a creative, not just what I can do for other people. And so I'm super excited to try to say, stay not only conscious, but super conscious and really listen just really listen. That's really it, right? Like we don't get quiet enough to listen. So I would love to know from you, if I were to write this book, Super Conscious, How to Wake Up, Stop Wasting Time, and Consciously Connect Before It's Too Late, would you pick it up? 
would you buy it? It's going to be fun and funny, but also deep and honest. And those are more of the books that I want to see in the world, not fluff. I don't want fluff. I want the truth. And I think it's really important for us to find how we can contribute, how we can make our days just a little bit better, make the people around us feel a little bit more loved. And that often just comes from paying closer attention. I hope you have a great day, guys. Until next week. Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.